welcome to Bible Studies with the Twins. I'm Lori. And I am Michelle, and we are your hosts for this podcast. Excited to have you here. We are twin sisters just sharing our love of reading the Bible for the very first time to encourage you to do the same. We're not Bible experts. We're just two girls who fell into false teachings, law of attraction manifesting, didn't know God's word. And so we are sharing our journey to encourage you to join along with us to know the truth. We hope our Bible studies bless you along your walk with Christ. Join along with us, grab your Bibles, and let's get started. Before we get into our Matthew Bible study, we wanted to let you know this was the first book of the Bible that we started reading after coming out of false teachings, new age things. So please remember, Lori and I are new to reading and studying God's Word. We have learned a lot over the years, not just with about God's Word and the Bible, but in the book of Matthew as well, we came across other people later after we recorded all of our Matthew Bible studies that taught us new insights. So we might squeeze in other little talks of just sharing those little things along the journey of these Matthew Bible studies. Please though, make sure you check out our Matthew resource page where we're going to link up all the resources. If you hear something, please give Lori and I grace and mercy along our journey. We're still learning and growing and Jesus is still working on us and changing us. So we hope you enjoy these Matthew Bible studies. Hey girls, today's Bible study session is we're focusing on chapter 5. So we're going to start off with our prayer. So just close your eyes here. Heavenly Father, we invite you here. Holy Spirit, fill us up. We're here to glorify you, God, and the work that you have put into this beautiful book, the Bible, that help us all understand more of what we need to take away from the scripture today, focusing on the Beatitudes, being the salt and light. Help us all to understand what it is that God is asking of us in each and all of our own lives to help grow His kingdom, to glorify Him. Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Okay, so we're going to start off with reading verses, chapter 5, verses 1 through 16, and we're going to stop there. Matthew chapter 5. The Sermon on the Mount. When he saw the crowds, he went up on the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the humble, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. You are blessed when they insult you, and persecute you, and falsely say every kind of evil against you because of me. Be glad and rejoice, because your reward is great in heaven, for that is how they persecuted the prophets who were before you. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt should lose its taste, how can it be made salty? It's no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city 
situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand, and it gives light for all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. So it's all really exciting. It's just always to be in the energy of learning and growing and figuring things out. Yes. Um, so just make sure you have whatever tools you need. Uh, we have our journals here today and our scripture book. And, and I have course, our one commentary that we kind of do as we read the Bible and we listen to other stuff. Again, this is the Be Loyal book that we recommend. It goes a little bit deeper into other knowledge about the, the scripture you're reading. So because again, to disclaim, Lori and I, we're doing our best again to do our own research, but knowing... Yes. Even this day and age, there's so many people sharing and, and teaching the Word of God. It's hard to find people who are actually sharing the truth of really what, what God wants to portray. So please always make sure you guys are keeping Lori and I in check. And please share your resources as well. So this is a pretty exciting the chapter of getting into Matthew. Here we're starting the, the ministry of Jesus after we just learned about... You know, his birth, him being uh, baptized, him being tested, and him then calling his disciples and moving in forward to his teaching. So this is pretty exciting, this is. And so what we've learned again from the Beatitudes here that we're about to go over heavily is really of how as Christians are to live, um, who we're supposed to be. And that's, uh, so when you're reading this deeper with Michelle Nighthead, I want you to kind of have that in, the, in your background. This is... Jesus is kind of sharing us how we're supposed to be and pretty much how to live here as Christians. So starting off, it says, and seeing the multitudes. Remember, seeing the multitudes, what we learned is, remember what he was just reading, the chapter verses before we talked about how Jesus was starting to heal the multitudes, healing the sick. Jesus was starting to get a name for himself. So the masses of people, so they said multitudes, the masses of people were starting to form to listen to him speak. And he saw this moment of when all these people started showing up. So it says he went up to on a mountain. And when he was seated, which I we circled in my notes, interesting back then, leaders back then sat while everybody else stood, which is it's vice versa now. The leaders stand and everybody else sits. I just find that interesting how that came about, but it is. Um, and then we was seated, his disciples came to him. I think what we can kind of can see again putting ourselves back in their shoes like they're seeing Jesus do all these things like you know we want more teach us show us yeah. your ways and I think that's kind of what now what we kind of are doing now with reading the Bible we're all like oh it's and finding pastors that help us learn more or books or things like because we all want to be in the energy of oh teach us teach us more it's just that just goes to show how amazing the presence of Jesus was to people and I also just made note here again the Beatitudes is it's teaching us the Christian character, that this is stuff that flows from within. It's not the external blessings that a lot of people, Lori and I realize when uh, breaking away from some of the false teachings out there, make it be about. They're not actually physical things. This is things that are in with, that are flowing within us. And that's what this is really geared towards. I have more notes on that. Yeah, and then just going back about how Jesus went up to a mountain and was seated. I wrote, it was a parallel story to who else went up onto the mountain. And we haven't gotten to his story yet here in our own Bible study because we started with Matthew, but we all think I know of Moses. And mm -hmm. Moses, too, went up to the mountain to hear from God and get the commandments and stuff. So, again, I felt like, again, very interesting, again, yeah. parallel, reminding us of what we talked about before, that Jesus is here to kind of fix what Moses' people weren't able to do. So, again, similar thing, going up to the mountain to, to share these important things, same as, like, the commandments. So, just a little side note to kind of... 
I find it, you know, cool. Yeah, well, and also we learned the word blessed, that call it that whole, pretty much this whole B2, just saying blessed are this, blessed are this. Yeah. Again, it's not a physical blessing. It actually comes from the Greek word, I'm sure that goes, um, I believe it's Greek. Uh, blessed meant divine joy and happiness and, and applies a satisfaction not dependent on outward things for happiness. And I'm going to check my notes over here. I thought I wrote down what blessed, what I thought, I swear it was Greek. I, I thought I wrote that down, but I can't seem to, oh yeah, here, sorry, Latin, excuse me, it was Latin, here it is, blessed. It comes, it derived from a Latin word, and I forget what the Latin word was, a meaning, meaning happy. Mm -hmm. So it's like sense of this, this feeling of within us, that's what this is, is about. And I find it interesting too, he, he reminds us, we're reminded here, Jesus started off, he's not coming for starting off and saying how, with badness, like with negativity. He starts off his teaching to his disciples with something positive. And that was something that's just amazing. Like he doesn't go right to the negative, which so many times I feel like in our day and world, so many people are going right to the negative, like the news is all about what's the negative thing that's going on instead of focusing on the positive, which looking back at Jesus, his most well-known speeches, Sermon on the Mount, he went right to the positive. I think that just, again, shows you who Jesus was and hopes of all of us to... Um, understand um, but yeah again so remember we're going through this is about what we remind us is that we're looking at the character of us Christians traits that we should desire to work towards knowing that we can't be exactly like Jesus because he's too holy but these are things that we can all strive to do better as Christians yes the things I forward. learned from the Harvest Family Fellowship audio that I listened to was again the beatitudes it's not something we aim to gain our salvation these aren't things that you have to do in order to again be saved it's more of kind of a guideline for us to check in with where we are just as being a christian being a follower of jesus so don't look at it as like it's like he described in his audio like it's a ladder you climb up you did this you're moving your way up you know to to get saved up in heaven it's just more of a check-in of how we're doing and that's how to look at it. So we're going to dive deeper into the actual beatitudes a little bit closer. As Michelle Just already started, all of them start with blessed. Blessed, which she already, she already went over what blessed really means. Remember, when we're reading these, blessed doesn't mean that you're blessed with all these great things in your life. So remember, blessed means joy, happiness. Um, it implies, again, that more that inner satisfaction, not an outer. So just remember when we're reading that. So first one is blessed are the poor in spirit. So to me, when I read my Bible, I um, underlined and boxed uh, blessed and, and uh, highlighted in blue. My color today, this my session today was blue. I was in a blue mood. Um, but use whatever color you feel called to. Uh, so blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So again, I'm reminded here, poor in spirit. So that this, you know, it almost sounds like he's contradicting himself. Blessed are the poor in spirit. It's like, who, who wants to be poor in spirit? Mm -hmm. But when you look deeper of what he meant back then by poor in spirit, it's more that you're humble. You're a humble person. That you come to Jesus with your brokenness and that you're, you know that you're at fault. You're not a perfect person. Yeah, I want a little bit more. So the more you can come to him in your prayers and your daily life as, hey God, I, yeah. I messed up, you know, the more that we get the kingdom of heaven. Yeah, so... This I wrote here a little bit more, the verse 3, is uh, really going into deeper about how we have to come empty. Again, I learned this this stuff from the Harvest family. I'm just passing on to you. I think it really helped paint more that picture of, of humbleness. Like This is like where we start. Mm -hmm. We have to pretty much come to, come to the cross and just give it all to Jesus in terms of drop the stories, the excuses, 
and also like in our world we feel feel like these things are our diplomas our statuses our jobs our resumes all these things all these earthly things are what define us i'm like okay god look look at all that i have right and what this is saying what jesus is saying is none of that matters that's not what defines you um i wrote down here that in in his thing whistles was that he also referenced back to Genesis 32 and he shared about Jacob and Esau and how that was Jacob had to pretty much he wasn't getting God's message so he in a sense he wrestled God right that was a story and he had to kind of hurt him and so I I thought that was just interesting that that's also why sometimes we go through hurtful things it's because we're not we're not seeing what God's trying to tell us so sometimes pain happens in our life it's it's for us to grab on to him, grab on to Jesus, and be at the place where we never want to let go. And so God is, where there is pain, and sometimes it means that God is trying to show us that's where we need to repent. So again, so this first step is so important. It's a big one. Because it kind of, then I feel like, filters out all the other ones. As we come empty to him, we're coming, just dropping all of this stuff. And um, yeah, I know I wrote some few more notes on it. I'm just trying yeah, to find. I'll go into a little bit more of why Michelle finds hers. But other oh, things that is. I got from this commentary that I really enjoy that helped me see this verse differently. Again, the first one, the first verse three there. It's really our attitude towards ourselves is what God is having us look at here. Jesus is having us look at. So it's like what's been we said earlier, like a checklist here. Um, so it means be, to be poor in spirit means to be humble and to have correct estimate of oneself. Like it's Michelle's, where's your pride? I know that's one thing you have to, I feel like I have to check in on my pride sometimes. It sneaks in there. Like, yeah. oh. That's the have, earthly thing. Yeah. Right? Um, so poor in spirit is the opposite of the world's attitude of self-praise and self, which is Michelle saying all the diplomas and how much money you're making and all this stuff. That's that's our worldly stuff. And so remember these beatitudes are what remember that Jesus is describing as Christian character is that these are things that should flow through us. So coming to God more with a humble spirit and stuff like that. And it's not to make note make note to being poor in spirit and being humble. It's not mean that you get to have negative self talk. That's not what being humble really means. I remind myself. It's not that I go around and still saying, "I suck," "I'm useless," that type of words to myself. That's not really what humbling, being poor in spirit is. It's more just that you're being honest with yourself on your pride. Are you focusing on outside satisfaction type stuff versus? leaning on God more and that's what I made note for myself is when we realize that we are so broken that we can only turn to God um, to give us all that so that's why it's you know just pretty much watching out for your pride a lot yeah again okay, going a little deeper what I was saying look we have all these accomplishments but again God is here reminding us that he's the one that we belong to that's where we define ourselves is in him not in these worldly obsessions and so again coming empty in a way is that we kind of have to die in our own flesh and, and come to God and be like, I'm, I'm yours and fully like, fully give yourself up of yourself to him. So in the Harvest family, he kind of brought up a few other things I just want to make note that I thought was interesting, kind of all goes together. It may not seem like it, but I know, but it's just, it, I thought this first bit was a, a lot. Yeah. Because that this the idea of it, because he gave an example how hard for him, the enemy knows how hard it is for us humans to let go of these earthly things. And so, some of those big pastors out there that, that we have now come to realize are teaching false teachings, it's because the enemy saw, okay, I'm just going to give them a little bit of success and a little this. And then, like, he's like kind of giving them the success because he knows you can see they now fall succumb to sin. 
and they don't share the true gospel of Jesus and things like that. So just be aware of that when we when we are holding on and praising and putting on the pedestal all these things, all these people, and not God. The enemy knows that and will give us more of that so we don't do that. So just something to kind of be aware of. Yeah, I have something we, Michelle and I were reminded by somebody again, like, just because someone is successful and getting all these blessings doesn't mean that God is pleased with that person. I think yeah. that ties into this poor in spirit mm -hmm. part here of looking at your character. Because then I also made notes. Because that's something Michelle and I fell for. Like, oh, yeah. that person, God must really like that person because look what they just got with their business. So then we would listen to what that person was saying because, oh, look what God's doing. And that's yeah. not, this is, a, this is what this is kind of saying. It took us away from God when us to turn on to somebody else for our guidance instead of turning to Him. Yeah, so if you think about it, if you want God to use you supernaturally, you most of the time, if you didn't do this part, if you didn't come to him empty and, and come humbly to him, you most likely, if you would be like some of these people that got a little bit of taste of success because they didn't come fully to God and surrender it all over to God for his glory, they're still doing it for their earthly needs, you know, then most people have the tendency to be like, of course I'm blessed because look who God is using. Like, so you kind of be in that, what I said earlier, the pride oh, state. Pride. So this one's so important, I think, that we all need to just sit really and meditate more on of, of, of Asking that. God how we be more humble, be more poor in spirit. And are we truly giving the wheel to God here? Like truly letting go of our earthly things? Or I think, no, God, but look at all the stuff I have, you know? No. And so that's just something for all of us to sit, you know, more personally with. So yeah. then moving on. So moving on to verse, one, I know. Um, verses 4 through 6, he reminds us here now moving into those. Uh, these are more towards our attitude towards our sins in life. So, mm -hmm. blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are all those who hunger, for thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So, these again, going into going deeper into some of these, these words. Um, so, for us humans, we tend to mourn over our sins and really despise in it. Like... I am um, going further, I'll, I'll give an example in a second, but we sin the way God sees it and seek to treat it the way God does. Those who cover sin or defend their sin have the wrong attitude about it all. To me, it's like, well, you did that, so, you know, I'm better, like that type of issue. And that goes back to, we have to if you want to be like more like Jesus, he's so quick. If you admit your sin, confess your sins, repent. And then move on and God will forget well, God forgets that sin and he moves on and loves you and so it was a great reminder to me how is my attitude towards that ask for the forgiveness repent and God comforts us because he loves us so much yes. just only know that comfort only really comes from God mm -hmm. when we admit that we've done so this something is us wrong. repenting taking full responsibility yes, dropping the excuses yeah because God isn't mad at you we hold on to that. So that's what we have to ask God. He's the only one that can help us. So we have to turn to him more, going back into the first one. We need him, right? Because we live up. Because again, remember we live, I wrote, and we live in a sinful, broken world. So we have to continue to keep mourning to God to seek more comfort as we move through this life that is so broken. And then moving on to the next one about being humble again. It's not about being, it's no, being meek. It says blessed are the meek. Well, my book says blessed are the humble. Oh, mine says there. meek. My book says meek, hers says humble. So meek itself, I wrote, meek means a harness power that is under control. And he said it yeah, here too I mean. in this book is that meek is, was used by the Greeks. Um, it refers to power, but power that you can control. Mm -hmm. um, so I find that very, um, I'm going to be sitting so again, a lot with how can I be more meek in my life. Like, yeah, so um, this is what I said. It's not about being weak. It's not weak. It's just being gentle 
And again, as I said, it's the meek is the ability to be under control. So it's that idea that we choose to be under God's control. In terms of that, again, we're giving him the wheel. In the Harvest family, he gave a great example of the horse kind of explaining what this means. Again, so a horse, and then he has you know someone kind of controlling at the top. Now, would you say the horse is weak? No. So what this is showing is that the horse, though, is at a place where he knows he's under control of the, the, the person you're riding him or whatever. So it goes to show it's not that we're weak because we're giving God control. No, we're strong in him and with him, and he's... We're strong because he is in control. That's kind of how I view it. Yeah, because it. the horse is still a strong mm -hmm. animal. It's mm -hmm. not like it all of a sudden it's so So just, I think so some people might have a hard time. Like, I don't want to claim that I'm weak. It's not that, Jesus isn't saying that you're weak. He's saying you come and understand that we need to give God control. And I ask you to go deeper on your meditation on that today in your day is, are you giving God full control? I know that's something that like I can ask God for myself. Here just to serve God. Yeah, and I actually he brought up also in the sermon which I thought was great. I actually wrote it on wrote it on a separate note card. It was Psalms one thirty nine, and it's pretty much you're asking the Lord to search search your heart, search you, and what is in you that's still contradicting His will. And I think that goes. It's a great prayer to add on to this, is because. It allows us to see, wait, where am I still feeling in control and not letting God have control? And that's something I think we all probably need to yes. almost ask ourselves daily, daily because of the world we live, live in. in. And so, so one think, last thing to add about the meat to end this one out before we move on. Again, Michelle said it means to be humble and gentle but not weak. Um, so what I also wrote is that meek, it is having the right or the power to do something. So again, that power. But refraining for the benefit of somebody else. I mean, that's like the self-control part. Like you have, and you know all this knowledge, you have all this power, but you're not going out there and specifically kind of hurting other people. Or if someone needs help with something, like you're not just doing something to benefit, you know, somebody else. Um, that type of power. So you stay gentle and humble with your power and strength God has given you, and submit it before God's will. And this, I want to say, meek is one here that I'm going to have to keep sitting with and getting more clarity on. Um, meekness in my own life um, to inherit the earth. Um, so that's yep. a powerful one. So moving on to verse six. six. Blessed again are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And I definitely think that's where Michelle and I are at right now. Is we are so hungry and thirsty for learning all of this. I goodness. just want to share something. How the Harvest family kind of explained when he was going. I made it seem like this is almost like a reason why Jesus said these in this order. Not that he. I don't know if he actually said it in this order, but the idea of like. The idea of how he said, so he comes, he kind of exclaimed, but first we come empty. That was, you know, verse 3. The poor in spirit. Then we mourn over our sin, and that's verse 4. Then we turn our control over to God, and that's what we just wrote about, about being meek, meek, right? Yeah. And now here, now in verse 6, now God can see, okay, now I can use you. And that's kind of what this is saying, that we will be filled. God is now, and he said, now you will see God move. And I wrote that really big in my notebook. When we kind of do all these things, though, when we first have to mourn our sins, we have to empty all of our earthly things out, right? We have to actually give God control. Now here in verse 6 I have is that we're coming to him that we want none of us, God. We want all of him, right? God will move in our hearts. He uses us and mighty to do, you know, A, B, and C, right? And then there will be evidence in our life that we have, not, we have nothing to do with our life. This is all God. We feel like when Lord and I came to this realization of our false teachings and that we were in praising to and not all fully in God was was really all of God's doing because I didn't go out seeking to read the Bible again. I didn't go out seeking to figure out what was going on in my life. It all came to me and to me that perfect example of showing that God 
we talked about in an earlier chapter that Jesus finds us right back into the genealogy. But I think it also goes to show that everything since that realization, everything now, us, boy, and I reading the Bible, finding new mentors, redoing our business, has all been this God working through our hearts. Now do this, do this, do this. And now I see this every day. Michelle and I are hungry. God, we messed up today. We yeah. sin today. We come to. We give it all to. Like I'm making again decisions right now with my girls with their school. And I've been praying on it. Like I don't. I can't make this decision of what is their safety for school. Do I send them into school with this virus? Do I need to fear this virus in terms of their safety, or should I homeschool them? Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I've been, you know, turning to him for everything and giving it all. You know, I can't make this decision without you, God. So again, just being note to me that we need to be hungry here. That this hungriness and thirst is for the presence of God, and we should, as Christians, should never really lose that hunger for His presence in our life, because what He also made note in His in the sermon I listened to was. Making sure you're not filling up on the worldly things. Because when you do that, what? Most likely a lot of us have less time to fill up with God. Lori and I can definitely attest to that. We have repented and talked to God about that. But I feel like we share that to remind all of us that we know what that is. We're not we're not here being the perfect little Christians over here. We all do our best. We're not supposed to be perfect. Anything else you wanted to add on that? Yeah, again, I also kind of wrote about the, the thirst and hunger. Um, shows that we want goodness in the world and we want moral uprightness. We want other people to start being more godlike. Um, type of th scenarios in a way. We want to restore, help God restore the fall of humanity. Um, knowing that. Um, so, so having hunger and thirst shows that genuine love and desire we have to know more of God and draw closer to Him and His truth. And that's definitely what Michelle yeah. and I feel like. To me, that's also the thirst and hunger is that God sees that now, okay, you did all these things. Now you are so drawn, you so want more of me, then I'm going to give you more and It's going to work good. And then now we move on to verse 7, so kind of we remember His flow. We kind of done all these things. Now we're moving into verse 7. So real quick, is, he said, again, so the first verse 3 again was the attitude towards ourselves verses 4 to 6 he kind of towards 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 sense that we just talked about and then now moving to the last couple here verses 7 through 9 he says now these are more towards our attitude toward the Lord we experience God's mercy when we trust in Christ and it gives us a clean heart and peace within yeah. um, so we'll dive deeper into that so again blessed are the merciful for they shall obtain mercy blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Bless are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Yeah, so what I have here, again, focusing first on back on verse 7, is that we know, so you, we all know, what we have been forgiven of. You know, we've already repented our sins, so we're aware of that, right? And now it's not really our job to kind of keep nagging God either. Like, he knows too, right? So this is what we want to reap mercy. So what this is what is reminding us is to... We stay merciful, like God. Be aware of what God has forgiven us for. It's something all of us probably go through. So it's just a thing to. This is, I think, Jesus was reminding us to stay in that state of, oh my gosh, um, God, you you given me so much mercy. I'm going to make sure I am merciful yeah, as well, right. so someone else can experience that. That's what I have a lot that. here too. And He reminds us that, and we know that we've been. God has mercy, so we therefore should share that mercy with ourselves mm -hmm. and with others. Yeah. And then there we can start becoming more peacemakers in this troubled world, world because yeah. we are all coming with more mercy and peace within ourselves and when we have relationships with other people. So I also worry about mercy means um, forgiveness and compassion to those in need when you don't deserve it. Um, so again, that's what we always say, God, it's like we don't feel like we deserve it because we are we sin all the time as, as humans, but that's what mercy is. It's this power of forgiveness and compassion and therefore we need to give it out to other people as yeah. well. So again, as, as Christians, we are called, Jesus is saying, we are called here now to also share that mercy with others. 
to obtain more of it ourselves. Grace is receiving what we do not deserve and mercy is not receiving what we do deserve. I'm going to repeat that. Grace is receiving what we do not deserve and mercy is not receiving what we do deserve. So to me, that gets back to like, if we sin, we should be punished for it. But God gives us mercy. So we are not receiving what we we probably yeah. deserve type of thing. Yeah. Um, and so we, we have on that in terms yeah. of also of helping So we have that mercy kingdom. because of Jesus. Yeah. Jesus gave us that mercy. He spared so us. So I think I also things. now see it as a sense we get to experience how it is with God, our Father. Yeah. Now we should be able to, to spread that to other people in our lives. And I think that also goes back to what Jesus was teaching us to love your neighbor. This is a great, I think part of that right showing mercy to others now moving forward to blessed are the pure, pure in heart, heart for they shall see god and i just wrote here greek equals pure in heart which equals uh, a person of integrity and honesty mm -hmm. so i have here again going back into the steps that we've just kind of discovered so now we've done all those things right or you know being aware of them don't remember they're not like a checklist that we have to do all the things are just like a check-in for ourselves to check in and that we should want to check in on ourselves on right so it's because you have entered yourself what well, we've just went through you're and you're being filled up now with God's spirit you're moving with with grace and mercy right so now everything you do now since you've kind of done all those things you repented you filled you asked God to take control so now everything you do and everything you pray for now is done from a pure heart and this is going this is when we're going to see god move that's what it says for they will see god move so again i made note so just like how you said once you kind of hand it over to god and he can now see he can use you now you're going to see god move in your life because you're now pure you're in pure in heart but also i think it's also a great reminder i've also made notice to be care be careful of other people's hearts yes because it's sometimes hard for us to know someone's purity of their heart. So just something that they need to be careful of. And that's why we always have to make sure we pray over things to God about everything, right? Yeah, so I just have pure in heart. Again, eagles, people who choose not to allow the negativity in their life. And they are strategic about what they surround themselves with. It's kind of as Michelle said, like, you know, looking at other people's heart. Like, you have to just ask God again for discernment in your life. Does that person mm -hmm. have your pure heart? Is that person a good pastor to be listening to? Right. Um, you know, be, be mindful of what you're um, looking for. And I also wrote, so at the end of the day, what flows out of our hearts affects our character and therefore affects our actions of how we're going to show up um, and serve God. Yeah, I also a little us. side prayer just from hearing some of the sermons and taking all the message here. I'll just share it with you guys here. I just said, God, remove any self-seeking in my heart, because that's what a lot of, I think, as humans, why going back into the first the a verse this to four about how people who get a little bit of taste of success, so I think this is reminding ourselves, making sure we're asking God, like making sure I'm not having my heart self-seeking things and remove any self-desires to fill me up more with you. I see myself focusing on what feels good. That's the earthly stuff, right? So again, I said, Jesus, help me. So there's something that if you ever feel stuck, that you notice yourself favoring earthly things more. And I think also it comes that God still, I think, does put desires in our heart. But this is, I think, what this is what Jesus is trying to show you. We kind of have to do all these other things. Then we'll kind of come now to pure heart. And God's going to fill our heart up then with all these things to do. So it's kind of like all works together. Yeah, one side thing that we wrote here again, the heart, the pure heart, was not just about your feelings. Um, but it's also your mind, your will, and the emotions of a person. Yes. So a pure heart has their mind on above things, so on focusing on God and righteousness. 
rather than the wicked things of this world. A pure heart does things selfishly and from wisdom based on the word. And so a pure of heart could go very deep too as well, but just focusing on that, you've, just, you've kind of done all these things, now you come to God with your pure heart. And you keep asking um, him to make it, like I said, that little prayer to check in yourself on yeah. my heart, God, check on my heart. Um, and kind of going down to the peacemakers, that's what kind of what Laura's saying, by doing all these things, we'll get to help be more peacemakers yeah. out there. And I also kind of made note from the Harvest Family Fellowship, he taught, he referenced James 3, verse 13, that there's a lot of this similarities of word. It said meekness, humbleness, all within it. And it was kind of gearing it towards, again, going back. And you have to be careful of people out there. Are they being, you know, humble and all this stuff? And realizing the enemy causes confusion. So most of the time, if you think about it, if people don't have a pure heart, they're kind of living in this world of confusion and, and wanting and all these things, right? Mm -hmm. And remember that God is 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 peace, right? God's wisdom, he gives us his peace. So when this, I feel like also what this is saying here is that when we are filled with peace, again, God, God, then there's peace in us, then we're going to have peace around us. And then we get that though too, by making more peace in the world. So again, it really stems from us as Christians. We have to fill ourselves with God's love and peace. So then we can spread more love and peace out there. Just at least one way I view it. Yeah, Please I share what your thoughts on this. I just hope peacemakers are the ones that are making sure we aren't hurting one another. Again, you're yeah. doing all these other things. Are you being merciful? Are you forgiving people of their sins and moving on and helping them out type of thing? So moving on to verse 10. Now verses 10 through 16. To end out today's session, again now, he this commentary said, these now next few verses are more our attitude towards the world. Mm -hmm. um, it is not easy to be a dedicated Christian, which I think... Why That's a big message, yeah. I think, of these last few sentences. Our society is not a friend to God, nor to God's people. So that's a great reminder. But admitting that you're Christians, you have to realize it's going to be difficult, um, but if we all stick together, it is for it is for the kingdom. You know, yeah. we're going to keep going forward. And... And as we read these beatitudes, we find that they represent an outlook radically different from the from that of the world. Again, this world has taught us because it's again so much based off the devil. And the world praises pride, not humility. That's why people are like, oh look at which we were getting into. We're gonna like you know I said the video of how I manifested this house. Like to me that was my pride, not humility. And the world endorses your sin when you sin and do things incorrectly or not as godly, and you get away with it. You know. Uh, the world is at war with God. Because I feel like, again, people are probably like, gosh, I can't live up to these standards, yeah. um, so I'm just not going to worry about it. And the enemy knows that, and like he attacks those people, and he did that for Michelle and I. But now looking back with a second, having that experience, I now come to these, like, I know I can't be like Jesus, but these are good character qualities that I will aim to kind of check in on myself. Yeah. yeah, it's not about being perfect. It's just you're doing your best to to do all these things, right? And I have little notes here on verses ending out from 10 through 12 before we get into salt and light to end it out. Um, again, if you do all these things, all the things we just kind of talked about, remember, here's what's coming. You're going to get it in terms of you're going to take hits as a Christian. You're going to take hits, especially if you're doing all these things on a, you know, on a daily, you know, seasonally basis, like always checking in with your heart, giving, it all, giving God control, letting Him move through you. And I remember somewhere else I've, I heard someone say, like, if you're going to ask God to use you, then you better be ready. You better be ready. And that's what Jesus, I feel like, is intense. It's like he's sharing all this stuff to help all of us who want to prepare for what's ahead. And this is what he's kind of warning us here. And the, the pastor that I listened to, he, he talked about how not many of today's pastors talk about this part. They seem to leave out this part, that you're going to get hate. You're going to get people... 
And sometimes it says, don't be surprised if it's from other fellow Christians, other fellow people in your church. And that's one thing I'll just share a quick story about this, about going into this, about the world is going to kind of be down on us Christians. When Michelle and I shared our testimony, we did get a few people like making fun of us in a way. Yeah. And that to me was just the start of people coming to attack us based off Actually, what we before we get on here, I was checking our IG's uh, messages and someone... She was asking about Christianity and stuff and stuff, and obviously she, um, I could went to her and I could see where her her faith is not in God and Jesus, and so I could see her challenging me, and then I just stood up for my faith and said, I believe in the Bible, I believe what it says, and that's just where I am right now in my journey, and we all can have different views or whatever. Just go to children. We we shall not announce. Hey. <laughs> We're gonna we, get it, and well, you might too. In your life, so, so. Yeah, you might. Not you might. You probably will. Yeah, yeah. likely will. That's what Jesus likely. is telling us. Be warned that this is coming but he's also saying don't freak out yeah i have i have don't worry if others i put it my bible don't worry if others are making fun of you when you speak of jesus you speak of the bible the gospel yeah. because you are blessed and that our great reward is in yeah. heaven so now moving on to the slot the so that keeps me going i hear that yeah. to inspire you if you start getting if you're on social media too and sharing stuff and you're getting negativity or even your own life. Just I, I keep knowing that. Yeah. You keep going. Heaven is your reward. Yeah. I know here, again, if, if people are hating on you, in a sense, hating, you know, like we just talked about, you're kind of doing something right. So Jesus is letting us know that. That's okay. You're, you're on the right path that that is happening. So going into the salt and light, I had a few interesting notes I just want to share. And I know Lori probably has some things to share. Just real quickly, what I wanted to share is kind of what being the salt and light, sorry, on the page where I wrote this over here. Again, the salt and light is this being salt means that we are help make people thirsty for Jesus. That's what salt is that we have to stay, we have ourselves have to stay salty and thirsty for Jesus, and we also help other people be in that state, right? And then the light is that we help bring people that are in darkness to the light, right? So that's kind of what the salt and light is, but also remember the enemy knows this and he doesn't want you to make people thirsty for Jesus. He doesn't want you to bring light to dark. So that goes back into the attacks that's gonna come along the way. Again, but remembering that we are giving God full reign and control, so we, we, we gotta do this, right? This is part of being a Christian. I also made note, this is uh, ending it out here in verse 16. In the same way, let your light shine, because a lot of people are asking, what's the point of doing all this stuff, church stuff, and, and the, the, God, the Harvest family said, this is the reason why, this last part, 16. It's in the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your heaven and Father. So that's what it's about, why we're doing this. It's not to feel better. We just learned none of this stuff is based on our feelings, right? Or what we want is an earthly thing. It's to glorify God and do the works He has commanded of us. And that's why we do it. Yeah. So I just have, again, like in my Bible, I get highlighted and put in box, salt of the earth. And also, just made a side note, Salt was a very valuable thing back then. Mm -hmm. Michelle and I haven't really had, had time yet to really research more about the value of salt. But you just kind of know that salt back then was a valuable thing. So saying that you are the salt of the earth, I took it as, again, I'm a valuable person. As a Christian, I'm salt of the earth. So I'm a valuable person. But it's also reminding, add to my note, like, is it losing flavor seasoning? So ask yourself, like, how am I being like the salt? Am I adding flavor to the world? Am I adding healing to the world? Or am I making it go stale yeah, by, by, by telling false things and stuff yeah, like that? Yeah, I also have both down remembering that salt kind of has many jobs. Like it does different things. It adds flavor. It preserves food. So I think it also reminds us as Christians, we have many things we're going to do here on earth, right? From serving God as in kingdom and also like Lord's a mom. Like she's got those things. So reminding ourselves of there's many things and God's aware of all this too, right? It's no surprise. 
So yeah, and also just wrote again like keep sharing about God and Jesus. Keep reminding others of God's goodness and love. Jesus wants us to maintain a relationship with Him and follow Him and His commandments and all these things He's saying and teaching us here to be like the salt and keep sharing the goodness of God in this sinful world. And I also start here in verse four, four, verse fourteen. You are the light of the world, and I boxed light of the world and reminding that Jesus and in, in us that. He is the light in, in us, and He is the light in the world that we live in. Um, so again, keep reminding my journal. Keep talking about our faith and keep talking about God and Jesus, as Michelle said, so other people can see this good work. Because again, we're here for God and to serve God and to help grow His kingdom. And last thing, I just wrote again, as Christians and believers, again, we are the light of the world, and we have to keep going, especially in this time now. I think it's you know the way our world has grown. It's a lot of sinful enemy based things so it's really important for us Christians I mean Michelle and I on those hard times when we get those challenging comments yeah. and stuff we have to remember that like we're going to keep going and people should see our good work now that we have to tell others not that we have to go out and tell others but we do it for God we're not doing it for bragging rights when Michelle and I share this when you're sharing your faith it's not for bragging rights it's right? it's your heart. Heart. Check it on your heart it's more that God wants you to share to be the light I feel like it can be a fine line it is that's very, you have yeah. to ask God for for uh, discernment on God am I, am I bragging here in this moment of how this or am I doing it again more from a now I ask him I ask him like how can I do this from more of a humble yeah heart? I think that's why it's a personal relationship we all even though we come together to talk about God it's also you need to make sure you spend time alone time with God to help you discern on that. See you in the next Bible study.